Here's Lotus Kindlandsens podcast, and it's the 27th of August 2022. The time is 20:40, and it is uh, Saturday. I hope you are doing well. Then, and I'm also hoping that you are not living other people's lives, that you are focused on living your own life. And what I mean by that is. We tend to focus our mind outside our own uh, way of living, so to speak. That we are constantly worried about what other people are doing and concerned about uh, their life and what they are doing with their life. The internet has done us uh, that favor, you could call it, not a good favor. So the the problem with that is that uh, we can, in fact, become sort of like, not robots, but like people who constantly look for answers outside ourselves. What I mean by that is, of course, not that you should not search for answers uh, through life, uh, also from other people that have more life experience than you have, but what I'm saying is that we tend to talk about the topics that everyone else is talking about. We tend to view the top uh, videos, uh, the top um, 1% or 1% of people on the planet. We are currently, let's say, 7.8 billion people on this planet, and we come from the same place, everyone. We come from an egg and a sperm cell, which also comes from an egg and a sperm cell, which also comes from an egg and a sperm cell, and so forth and so on. That means that we come from something that you could place in the head of a top of a needle, but you could also place that in the head of a top of a needle. That's our father and mother. But you could also place that in the head of a top of a needle. That's our grandfather and grandmother, and so forth and so on. Now, what I mean by that is, uh, I believe that that actually proves to our mind that there is a creator behind it all. That there is a loving and caring and kind God. He has a name, of course, and he reveals his name in his word, the Bible. His name is Jehovah God, the Almighty One. Now, funny enough, there is no other person on this planet that I actually called Jehovah. Uh, that means that that name is holy. And, of course, one of the first commandments is we shouldn't take his name in vain. We shouldn't use it for anything other than to uh, sanctify him, to put the Creator on his rightful place where we should worship him and not other deities. That's where the Bible comes into play, because the Bible is the only book that claims to be inspired by Jehovah God. He has inspired people through his Holy Spirit to write certain things down for us people to live by, to remember, and to philosophize over. Our entire society has basically been built around the Bible, the Ten Commandments. And, of course, up until recently, people have been having their thoughts um, 
not altered uh, by society, but altered by the Bible. A lot of people went to church. A lot of people had a good, high moral standard. It was a very safe society as a whole, of course. Now, as moral declines, as people get sick and tired of living this narrow lifestyle, they look um, for outside uh, ways of living. Of course, that was where the hippie movement came into play and also the, you could call the, the feminizing of men and the masculinity of women. Um, these groups that um, try to make women feel uh, obsolete or like second-class citizens by staying at home and nurturing for their children, making a strong household, so to speak. So, of course, the nuclear family has been on an attack for 30, 40 years, and not in a good way. Uh, we, many of us, uh, are living our life through the Internet, through the television, the Revelation book clearly states that the image of the beast uh, that people are worshipping around the world is, well, we can just face it directly and say the truth that it is actually the television, the dead object that we call our best friend that we are currently looking into, uh, that is basically what the Revelation is talking about. It also talks about people not being... Um, they cannot really buy or sell anything unless they have this um, mark of the beast of their forehead or on their hand. Now, what does that mean? Well, basically that means that we have to look out into the world and see... Where does this image from Revelation fit on to today? And the only place I can see is uh, the television that currently interacts with 99% of every human being on the planet. And the internet, is, of course, in particular. And of course, also our ability to communicate with each other find new ideas to interact with each other and to broaden our horizon. And this is a good thing, of course, but it also comes with some bad thing. The bad thing is that a lot of people have made the Bible obsolete. And of course, it's because people do not really like what they read. People cannot really fathom that Jehovah God has inspired people to write this down to benefit people, uh, to benefit them in their way of living. Because if they toss the Bible away, they say that they are experiencing total freedom. And this total freedom, well, comes with some consequences. There will be a Bible clearly warns about it, but people ignore these uh, warning signals basically because they ignore the Bible. 
it's clearly states that we are not to have inner uh, intercourse with, for example, a prostitute, because it comes with a lot of problems. We might ignore this uh, warning from the Bible, and then we have to take the serious consequences of our actions, of course. We basically reap what we sow. So if we sow to our fleshly desires, we are going to reap uh, these not-so-beneficial things to our flesh. But if we sow to our spirit, and what I mean by spirit is our awareness of other worldly powers that realm in the invisible realm of, uh, you could call it, uh, heaven. There are two, basically, uh, two camps here. Uh, the Bible clearly states that the whole world is in the evil's power. That also means, and of course you might remember that Jesus Christ was offered the entire inhabited earth's uh, belongings, its wealth, and of course also its people worshipping him, in exchange for uh, Jesus worshipping Satan. And Satan, well, of course, Satan and his demons is basically just angels that Jehovah God has created, uh, but they have rebelled against him because we as human beings, including the angels that Jehovah God has created, is created with a free will. We can actually decide for ourselves the way we want to act in this life. The angels has also done this by saying no to Jehovah God and followed in the footsteps of uh, Satan and his demons. Oh, sorry, Satan. And and by following in his footsteps in the evil one, it can only go bad. Because the Bible clearly states Jehovah God is uh, love and kindness. He is actually infinite love and kindness. That means that if you want to go to this source, you need to get rid of something in your mind that is not uh, beneficial for you, but also that Jehovah God does not approve of. Jehovah God has a standard, and if you do not meet this uh, standard, moral standard you could call it, well, of course you cannot enter into this beautiful mindset of a close and dear relationship with Jehovah God. So we have to look at the Bible and say, well, what does Jehovah God hate and what does he love about us humans? And it clearly states that Jehovah God hates anyone who loves violence. Uh, Psalm 11.5, of course, uh, comes to mind. So we have to basically say no to ourselves in this regard. No to violent video games, violent movies, movies who betray people's bad and negative behaviors as something that we can allow in our mind to affect our mind. That also includes friends of ours. Because if friends of yours does not have the high moral standard Jehovah God wants us to have, well, they are not really going to be good friends. Bad company destroys good habits, as the Bible says. So we have to be aware of the fact that people who have a mindset of worshipping the screen, the dead object that we call our best friend, is not good for us, is not uh, going to be a good um, 
a pleasant um, things in our life or thing in our life, meaning that their affection, their affection, their affecting us and our personality is only going to be in a negative way. It cannot be in a positive way because if they do not have the high moral standard that the Bible says we have to have as humans, it includes, of course, I said violent video games, violent movies and movies who portray people's bad behaviors, but also pornography, for example. Jehovah God hates people who watch pornography. He does not hate the person, but he hates the action in it. The action that clearly states that women are only made for placing men. That's the only reason that they are there for. And also the sexual desire. You can look at the Bible as a whole and see that a lot of people that worship Jehovah God fall down on flat on their face because they ignored the warning of not uh, having intercourse with um, people who did not worship Jehovah God. Fornication or infidelity or what you can call it, it basically means sex out of marriage. Now why is that important? Well, because the Bible clearly states that um, a man and a woman is going to be one flesh, meaning that the Bible also clearly states that you are sinning against your own flesh if you do not take this warning seriously. And then you have to take the consequences of your actions, of course. And what could the consequences be? Of course, unwanted pregnancy, and of course, then you can have an abortion, but the problem becomes then you are actually uh, killing uh, another human being that God has created. So that puts you in a dilemma, uh, not so favorable dilemma in Jehovah God's eyes. So there's a lot of actions that we can take in life uh, that makes Jehovah God uh, not angry at us, but angry at the actions that we, we are taking. And in order for us to stay clear of this, we have to basically say to ourselves, no. And this can be difficult, of course, because we have been raised up on through early childhood that the worshipping of this dead object, the screen, uh, the image of the wild beast, is a good thing because we are feeling relaxed by it, we feel that we can trust it. And have I any evidence of this? The past uh, three or four years has proven to me that people are easily fooled into believing everything that they are fed through the television. I can see that with their actions, of course, that all of a sudden every person on the planet had to wear this over their face and take these um, these uh, things in their bodies that they did not really want. Of course, they were experimental. So peer pressure from the dead object that we call our best friend, because that is where it starts. It starts, of course, from secret societies that own these big platforms, and then they can put certain topics in people's minds. 
the Me Too movement is a good example of this. It started off with um, women being treated badly by men, but it has evolved to what the real reason was that all the independent, you could call it, uh, media houses were also to have this uh, Me Too movement installed in them. And in that process, because people or men couldn't keep their hands off women, a lot of stories came out uh, in these media houses, not only in Denmark, but all in the rest of the world, because this is very precise planned, so that people in general did not trust these media houses anymore, the newspapers, the news anymore. If they didn't think that they were part of this uh, uh, biased media, they certainly think it now. So if there were any independent journalists left, now they are going to be squatted by this uh, Me Too movement. So this was the real reason behind it. Uh, of course, when you, uh, as well as I do, know this, then you know where to look out for, so that you do not agree with anything that you are presented with from the, this dead object, because it can be very dangerous. Of course, I have also explained in other podcasts where people's evil mindset come from. You could uh, see, uh, uh, as I've seen, um, pictures from uh, the Nazi death, death, camp, death camps, um, and you saw these Nazis having fun, even the women having very uh, much fun, um, laughing out loud and so forth and so on. And deep down inside, you know that these were actually some of the most evil people on the planet doing very evil things to uh, the Jews and, of course, not only the Jews, but every other person who were in this death camp in Auschwitz. So, and of course, I've also explained to you the story behind it all that Hitler was actually um, orchestrated by uh, England and uh, United States of America, you can find pictures of the Nazi flag waving sides by sides with the American flag. Uh, but And of course also uh, Hitler was on the front cover of uh, Forbes magazine. No, not Forbes. Um, Life magazine, I believe it was. Um, so the promotion of Adolf Hitler was because they wanted to start a war in Europe that would eventually become the European Union because they wanted this one world government. You have to remember that these people who are behind it all, that worship Satan and his demons, and particularly in the Bohemian Grove, they know because they have a high intelligence, of course they have also studied people for many, many years, so they know how to manipulate people into having a certain mindset. And of course, the perfect mindset that they are using over and over and over again, up through history, is the police and the military. You can actually educate a human being to take away their consciousness, their 
loving kindness, so to speak. And you can actually get them to do horrible, horrible things to their fellow human beings. You can actually raise them up to be like that. And of course, the New World Order knows this. So they are using uh, people's feeling of superiority over others in this regard. That is why the people on the floor, us included, me included, are basically being manipulated or being pushed in a certain direction. And it's not a very good direction. I have been explaining this in another podcast where I said that if you look uh, in your own country and you write um, quarantine camps, quarantine camps PDF, you will find that your own country has actually uh, camps installed for human beings next time around that this uh, so-called disease is going to come again. And then they are going to round up people take them out of their houses and put them in these camps for their own safety or for people's safety, so to speak. And surely but surely, slowly but surely, they're going to get people's mindset to accept this. And of course, they're also going to use fear. They're also going to use a point system on your phone where you, if you do not have any, a lot of points, then you're going to be taken away. You're not going to be allowed out in society. So so this is what is going to happen in the future because people allow their trust in their fellow human beings, especially in their governments, uh, to get the better of them. They are going to be mind-controlled into doing horrible things, acting horribly, and actually taking away their humanity and replacing it with pure evil. We remember that Jehovah God, uh, before the flood, said uh, that he looked down on earth and saw that every person's mind or thoughts were evil all day long, and he actually regretted to have ever made human beings in his image. Now, if we take that warning seriously... That means that we have to analyze our own thoughts. We have to analyze what we put through our eyes and ears. And we have to (laughs) say no to it. There are certain things that we have to say no to. If the entire world is in the evil's power, and here using his power to do evil things, even what might sound good in people's ears, then we have to say no to it. We have to disagree with it. We have to push it away from us. Because otherwise, we're going to be sucked in. We're going to allow this mindset to enter our own mind. And we cannot stand in two camps. We cannot worship Satan and his demons and think that we are also going to worship Jehovah God, the Almighty One. So... Let's, without further ado, read something from the Bible that might explain the mindset that we have to have and take these warning signals seriously. So, without further ado, let's read here the second king, number 18. 
In the third year of Hosea, the son of Elah, the king of Israel, Hosea, the king of King Ahaz, of Judah, became king. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned for 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abi, the daughter of Siratia. He kept doing what was right in Jehovah's eyes, just as David his forefather had done. He was the one who removed the high places, smashed the sacred pillars, and cut down the circuit poles. He also crushed the copper serpent that Moses had made. For down to that time, the people of Israel had been making sacrificial smoke to it, and it used to be called the copper serpent idol. He trusted in Jehovah, the God of Israel. There was no one like him among all the kings of Judah after him, nor among those prior to him. He held fast to Jehovah. He did not turn away from following him. He continued to keep the commandments that Jehovah had given to Moses, and Jehovah was with him. Wherever he went, he acted wisely. He rebelled against the king of Assyria and refused to serve him. He also defeated the Philistines clear to Gaza and its territories from watchtower to fortified city. In the fourth year of King Hesekia, he, Hesekias, that is the seventh year of Hosea, the son of Elia, the king of Israel, King Salamantia of Assyria came up against Samaria and began to lay siege to it. They captured it at the end of the three years, in the sixth year of Hesekia, which was the ninth year of the king Hosea of Israel. Samaria was captured. Then the king of Assyria took Israel into exile in Assyria and settled them in Hala and in Harbor at the river Goshan and in the cities of Medes. This was because they had not listened to the voice of Jehovah their God, but kept violating his covenant, all that Moses the servant of Jehovah had commanded. They neither listened nor obeyed. In the fourteenth year of the King Hezekiah, Sinadiab, the king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and captured them. So King Hezekiah of Judah sent word to the king of Assyria at Lachish, I am at fault, withdraw from against me, and I will give whatever you may impose on me. The king of Assyria imposed on King Hesekiah of Judah a fine of three hundred silver talents and thirty gold talents. So Hesekiah gave all the silver that could be found at the house of Jehovah and in the treasuries of the king's house. At that time Hesekiah removed the doors of the temple of Jehovah and the doorpost that King Hesekiah of Judah himself had overlaid, and he gave them to the king of Assyria. The king of Assyria then sent the Tartian, the Rapsaris, and the Rapshashi with a vast army from Lachish to King Hesekiah in Jerusalem. They went up to Jerusalem and took up a portion sorry, position by the conduct of the upper pole, which is the highway of the laundryman's field. When they called for the king to come out, Elikagim, son of Hilkiah, who was in charge of the household, 
Shebna, the secretary, and Yorah, son of Ashab, the recorder, came out to them. So the Rab Shashi said to them, Please say to Hezekiah, This is what the great king, the king of Assyria, says. What is the basis for your confidence? You are saying, I have a strategy and the power to wage war. But these are empty words. In whom have you put your trust so that you dare to rebel against me? Look, you trust in the support of this crossed reed Egypt, which is, which, if a man should lean on it, would enter into his palm and pierce it. That is the way Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is to all those who trust in him. And if you should say to me, We trust in Jehovah our God, is he not the one whose high places and altars Hezekiah has removed? While he says to Judah and Jerusalem, You should bow down before this altar in Jerusalem. So now make this wager, please, with my lord, the king of Assyria. I will give you two thousand horses if you are able to find enough riders for them. How then could you drive back even one governor who is the least of the Lord's servants while you put your trust in Egypt for chariots and for horsemen? Now it is without authorization from Jehovah that I have come up against this place to destroy it. Jehovah himself said to me, Go up against this land and destroy it. At this, Eliakim, son of Hilkiah and Shebna, and Yor said to the Rashahib, Speak to your servant, please, in the Aramic language, for we cannot understand. So, for we cannot understand it. Do not speak to us in the language of the Jews, in the hearing of the people on the wall. But the rabbi said to them, Is it just to your Lord and to you that my Lord sent me to speak these words? Is it not also to the man who sits on the wall, those who will eat their own excrements and drink their own urine along with you? Then the Rabshihash stood and called out loud in the language of the Jews, saying, Hear the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. This is what the king says. Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he is not able to rescue you out of my hand. And do not let Hesiah cause you to trust in Jehovah by saying, Jehovah will surely rescue us, and this city will not be given into the hands of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hesiah, for this is what the king of Assyria says. Make peace with me and surrender, and each of you will eat from his own wine and from his own fig tree, and will drink the waters of his own cistern, until I come and take you to a land like your own land, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards, a land of olive trees and honey. Then you will live and not die. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for he leads you by saying, Jehovah will rescue us. Jehovah will rescue us. Have any of the gods of the nations rescued their land out of the hands of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamas and Arpad? Where are the gods of Seraphim, Hannah and Avia? Have they rescued Samaria out of my hand? Who among all the gods of the land have rescued their land out of the hands so that Jehovah should rescue Jerusalem out of my hand? But the people kept silent and did not say a word to him in reply, for the order of the king was, You must not answer him. But Elijah came, son of Hilkiah, 
who was in charge of the household, Shebna the secretary and Yoa, son of Abad, they were a quarter, came to Hesia with their garments ripped apart and told him the words of the Rabshashi. 19. As soon as, as, soon as King Hesiah heard this, he ripped his garment apart and covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of Jehovah. Then he sent Elijah Kim, or Elijah Kim, who was in charge of the household. Shebna, the secretary, and the elders of the priest covered their sackcloth to the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos. They said to him, this is what Hezekiah said, This day is a day of distress, of rebuke, and of disgrace, for the children are ready to be born, but there is no strength to give birth. Perhaps Jehovah your God will hear all the words of the Rabshashi, whom the king of the Assyria his lord sent to taunt the living God, and he will call him to account for the words that Jehovah your God has heard. So offer up a prayer in behalf of the remains who have survived. So the servant of King Hezekiah went into Israel. So sorry, he went into Isaiah. And Isaiah said to them, This is what you should say to your Lord. This is what Jehovah says. Do not be afraid because of the word that you have heard, the word with which the attendants of the king of Assyria blasphemed me. Here I am putting a thought in his mind, and he will hear a report and return to his own land, and I will make him fall by the sword in his own land. After the Rapsashi heard that the king of Assyria had pulled away from Lachish, he returned to him and found him fighting against Libna. Now the king heard it said about King Tsirhashis of Ethiopia, Here he has come out to fight against you. So he sent messengers against to, again to Hezekiah, saying, This is what you should say to King Hezekiah of Judah. Do not let your God, in whom you trust, deceive you by saying Jerusalem will not be given into the hands of the king of Assyria. Look, you have heard that the kings of Assyria did to all the lands by devoting them to destruction. Will you alone be rescued? Did the gods of the nations that my forefather destroyed rescue them? Where Goshen, Haras, Hypsis, and the people of Eden who were in Tassala? Where is the king of Hamath, the king of Arpad, and the king of the cities of Sephardim and of Hetna, and of Ibek? Hezekiah took the letters out of the hands of the messengers and read them. Isaiah then went up to the house of Jehovah and spread them out before Jehovah. And Hezekiah began to pray before Jehovah and say, O Jehovah, the God of Israel, sitting enthroned above the Kyrubes, you alone are the true God of all the kingdoms of the earth, You made the heavens and the earth. Incline your ears, O Jehovah, and hear. Open your eyes, O Jehovah, and see. Hear the words that Shebranib had sent to taunt the living God. It is a for, is it, it is a fact, O Jehovah, that the kings of Assyria have devastated the nations and their lands, and they have thrown their gods into the fire, because they were not gods, but the works of human hands, wood and stone. That is why they could destroy them. But now, O Jehovah our God, please save us out of his hand, so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you alone, you alone are God, O Jehovah. Isaiah, son of Amoth, then sent this message to Hezrachia. This is what Jehovah, the God of Israel, says. 
I have heard your prayer to me concerning King Sibnachtrib of Assyria. This is the word that Jehovah has spoken against him. The virgin daughter of Zion despises you. She scoffs at you. The daughter of Jerusalem shakes her head at you. Whom have you taunted and blasphemed? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted your arrogant eyes? It is against the Holy One of Israel. Throughout your messenger, so though your messenger messengers through your messengers, through the messengers you have taunted Jehovah and said, With the multitude of my war chariots, I will ascend the heights of mountains, the remote part of Lebanon. I will cut down its lofty cedars, it shows shows Jubinus trees. I will enter its farthest retreats, its densest forest. I will dig wells and drink foreign waters. I will dry up all the streams of Egypt with the soles of my feet. Have you not heard? From long ago it was determined. From days gone by I have prepared it. Now I will bring it above. You will turn fortified cities into desolate pillars of ruins. The inhabitants will be helpless. They will be terrified and put to shame. They will become as vegetations of the field and green grass. As grass of the roofs that is scorched by the east wind. But I will know when you sit, when you go out, when you come in, and when you are enraged against me. Because your rage against me and your rowing have reached my ears, so I will put my hook in your nose and my brittle between your lips. And I will lead you back the way you came. And this will be the sign for you. This year you will eat what grows on its own, and in the second year you will eat grain that sprouts from that. But in the third year you will sow seeds and reap, and you will plant vineyards and eat their fruitage. Those of the house of Judah you escape, those who are left will take root downwards and produce fruits upwards. For a remnant will come out of Jerusalem, and survivors from Mount Zion. The seal of Jehovah of armies will do this. Therefore this is what Jehovah says about the king of Assyria. He will not come into this city, or shoot an arrow there, or confront it with a shield, or cast up a seed's rampage against it. By the way he came, he will return. He will not come into this city, declares Jehovah. I will defend this city and save it from my own sake, and for the sake of my servant David. On that very night, the angel of Jehovah went out and struck down 185,000 men in the camp of Assyrian. When people rose up early in the morning, they saw all the dead bodies. So King Sirhanib of Assyria departed and returned to Nineveh and stayed there. And as he was bowing down at the house of his god, Nisroch, his own son, Abdramiklik, and Sisra struck him down with the sword and then escaped to the land of Arad, and his son Esadadon became king in his place. So this is a story about uh, taunting Jehovah God, thinking that he is not going to act on this. 
And this is a warning to us today. If we think that Jehovah God does not exist, we are sadly mistaken. Because we can see here that he actually can send one of his angels, and he has millions and millions of them, out and actually kill off on one night 185,000 people. So his power is immense. Of course, he's not doing this, um, be, not being provoked, of course. So if you provoke Jehovah God enough, uh, you are going to reap what you sow, so to speak. So that is also why we have to, we have to have a good sense of fear of Jehovah God. We have to be aware of his existence, but also aware of our actions have a great impact on our relationship with Jehovah God. That is why it's very important that we, as it clearly states here, we do what Jehovah God wants us to do. Clearly, you could see that the people, they, as it said earlier, did not really do what they were told. They did not follow the law of Moses. So they did not really have their hearts in the worship of Jehovah God. So we have to have our heart, our soul, our mind in it. And we have to be aware of the danger that we are under. That we are under a great deal of becoming basically worshippers of Satan and his demons. And it's a fine line, of course. I cannot really say uh, for a fact that this is the line, and if you cross that, you're not friends with Jehovah God anymore. It's up to Jehovah God, of course. But I can say for a fact that when you start using Jehovah God's name, and you close your prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, you are going to open up an entire realm of possibilities in your life, but you also have to be aware that there are actually two camps up there. There is Satan and his demons, and there are Jehovah God and his angels. And Jehovah God and his angels, of course, are much stronger than Satan and his demons. So that's why it's very important to know the war that we are under, know the battle that we are under. That's why if we want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, we need to be loving, caring, and kind human beings. What does that mean? Does that mean that we shouldn't defend ourselves from outside dangers? That is what a lot of people are asking, of course. That's not the case, of course. But what it means is that we human beings... If we want to please Jehovah God, we need to become as much loving and caring and kind as humanly possible. We have to say no to anything in people's personality that Jehovah God disproves of. It could be vengeance. It could be hatred. It could be jealousy. It could be every negative thing about us humans that you can imagine, we have to fight off. We have to say no to. And this is very difficult when you emerge yourself in uh, 
the object that we call our best friend, the dead object that we call our best friend, that, is, that we are actually worshipping something that is not good for us. It's not good for our mind, and it's certainly not good for us if we want to keep <laughs> close and dear relationship with Jehovah God. That's why when I make this podcast, I'm not taking it very lightly. I've made about 1,500 videos, and some of them were better than others. And of course, I have had one single strike uh, on my channel. It's because I was talking about uh, a part of EU that was to do with this disease. And of course, I could not uh, say that word uh, negatively, uh, talking about it negatively, then I got a strike. So, so you have to also be aware of the censorship is only directed in one direction. And of course, it has something to do with we are under the spell of Satan and his demons. That being aware of this danger is very important because it is not right and left. You can go extremely left or you can go extremely right. You can hate another person. You can disagree. And uh, in that disagreement, you can actually start hating that uh, person. That's why the Bible clearly states that arguing over things that really is not to concern about us, we shouldn't do because it can actually build up some of these negative human emotions in us that can lead to jealousy, but can also lead to anger and all of the rest of these bad negative human personality traits that Jehovah God disproves of. So we have to be aware that it is up to us as humans, individuals, to form our own personality in the direction that Jehovah God wants. It's very important for us to read the Bible, uh, listen to the Bible. That's also why I make this podcast, because I cannot really find any other place on the planet where uh, a person is reading out loud from the Bible and trying to explain to me as closely as, of course, I'm not perfect, the mindset of Jehovah God and where can we find this guidance? And how can I, as human uh, and as a human being, fold my mind or mining my mind in the direction that Jehovah God wants? It's actually basically like uh, you have a garden and you take very good care of it, but if you uh, put some poison on your carrots, they're going to die. Uh, that's basically like, of course, uh, you taking the Word of God and using it in your own personality, but taking some of the poison from Satan and his demons and putting it on what you have worked so hard to achieve. That's why it's very important to keep your poison away from your garden. You could call the garden your mind, your brain, your interactions with Jehovah God. It's very, it's very personal to Jehovah God that we keep a clear and beautiful mind, a mind that, of course, when I talk about meditation, I'm talking about getting in control of your thoughts, 
because when you meditate, you realize that you have a lot of negative thoughts in your mind. And these can be controlled by constantly meditating in half an hour to an hour every day, and you can actually get your mind in such a control that you can actually say no to these thoughts, and also you can actually see where they are coming from, that they are actually coming from the television or they are coming from your interaction with other human beings. It's actually coming from the spirits of Satan and his demons. And once you realize this, then you can take action and say no to the spirit of Satan and his demons and say yes to the spirit of Jehovah God and his angels. His way of living or his way of us living, we are here with a purpose. A lot of people have ta- talked about or asked the question, why, why are we here? Well, we are basically here to show love and kindness to each other, infinite love and kindness to each other, perfect love and kindness to each other. We have to basically use our life in a way that Jehovah God can feel pleasantly surprised that see seeing another person or seeing a person on the planet Earth actually saying no to all these evil garbage from the garbage can. What is the garbage from the garbage can, you might ask? Well, of course, violent video games, violent movies, and movies who portray people's bad behaviors are something you can allow yourself to be entertained by, but also the mainstream media that constantly lies to you and tells you what to fear and tells you the solutions to your fears, but also uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all the rest of that garbage is also a way to get you into a mindset that allows Satan and his demons to mold your mind in such a way that Satan and his demons know that you are no good to Jehovah God. Of course, I'm not going to say that you cannot change that, that you cannot change your mindset so that Jehovah God can approve of you, can approve you. But you have to <laughs> be aware that there are in this life many challenges we can all take. Uh, we can choose a path that is evil, uh, filled with jealousy, filled with envy, and th- filled with wanting what other people have, being jealous of them. You remember the Ten Commandments that we shouldn't covenant or we shouldn't want what other people have. We should be satisfied with our own life. If we have clothing and food, we should be happy about that. That was also in the Bible. That means that we have to take these warnings seriously. It also talks about it's very difficult for a rich man to enter into the heavens. Uh, It's like a camel entering into the eye of a needle. It's not impossible, but it's very difficult. What does that mean? Well, we have to look at the background and see what is a wealthy man occupied with. Well, we can actually look in the Bible and see that Solomon also um, was written, written about or he wrote some of the words in the Bible explaining to us that he has actually been through it, 
that he was one of the um, the world's wealthiest men on the planet. He had multiple wives, thousands of them, and he said it was all nothing. It did not mean anything. He actually concluded that what meant something to him was the worshiping of Jehovah God and looking into uh, the book of Moses for guidance in his life. So we have to take the warning signals seriously. And of course, that comes to the conclusion of this podcast, the, the final ones that we have to read today. We have come to numbers number 27. It says here, Then the daughters of Selopiah, the son of Heber, the son of Gilead, the son of Masih, the son of Manasseh, or the family of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, approached. The names of his daughters were Malah, Noah, Gohlah, Miha, and Tiah. They stood before Moses. Eliasah the priest, the chieftains, and all the assemblies of the entrance of the tents of meetings, and said, Our father died in the wilderness, but he has but he was not among the group who band together against Jehovah, the supporters of Korah. But he died for his own sins, and he did not have any sons. Why should the names of our father be lost from his family, because he had no sons? Give us a possession among our father's brothers. So Moses presented their case before Jehovah. Jehovah then said this to Moses. The daughters of Silopsia are correct. You should by all means give them the possessions as an inheritance among their father's brothers and transfer their father's inheritance to them. And tell the Israelites, if a man dies without having a son, you must then cause his inheritance to pass to his daughters. And if he has no daughters, you will give his inheritance to his brothers. And if he has no brothers, you will give his inheritance to his father's brothers. And if his father has no brothers, you will give his inheritance to the closest blood relatives in his family, and he will take possession of it. This will serve as a statue by judicial decision for the Israelites, just as Jehovah has commanded Moses. Then Jehovah said to Moses, Go up into this mountain of Arik, or Ah, and view the land that I will give the Israelites. When you have seen it, you will also be gathered to your people, just as Aaron your brother was. Because when the assembly was quarreling with me in the wilderness of Zion, you rebelled against my order to sanctify me before the, for them by means of the waters. These are the waters of Miribah, at the Kadesh in the wilderness of Sin. Then Moses said to Jehovah, let Jehovah, the God of the Spirit of all people, appoint over the assembly a man who will go out and come in before them, and you will lead them out and bring them in, so that Jehovah's assembly may not become like sheep that have no shepherd. So Jehovah said to Moses, Take Joshua the son of Nun, a man in whom there is spirit, and lay your hand on him. Then stand him before Elijah the priest and before all the assembly, and you must commission him before their eyes. You are to confer some of your authority on him, so that all the assembly of the Israelites may listen to him. 
he will stand before Elijah the priest, who will inquire in his behalf by the judgments of the Urim before Jehovah, and his order they will go out. At his order they will go out, and at his order they will come in. He and all the Israelites with him and all the assembly. So Moses did just as Jehovah had commanded him. He took Joshua and stood him before Elijah the priest and before all the assembly. And he laid his hands on him and commissioned him, just as Jehovah had spoken through Moses. Number 28. Jehovah next said to Moses, Command the Israelites and tell them, You should take care that you present to me my offering, my bread, my offering by fire as a pleasant aroma to me, must be made at their appointed times. And say to them, This is the offering made by the fire that you will present to Jehovah, two sound-year-old male lambs a day as a burnt offering regularly. The one male lamb you will offer in the morning, and the other male lamb you will offer at twilight. So now we come to the burnt offering. Of course, we are not, as Christians, obligated to obey the Mosaic law as it states here. But what we are to do is to listen to the spirit that Jehovah God has implanted in the Mosaic law, the Ten Commandments in particular. And also we have to take into consideration that Jehovah God does not favor men over women. It clearly states here that we are equal. That does not mean that in the household there shouldn't be a leader. A leader is, of course, uh, in the Bible explained to as the man who takes leaderships very seriously as a family um, uh, elder, he has to command the family in a certain direction. Of course, he also has someone that he has to look up to, that is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ's head is, of course, Jehovah God. So we have to look at the life of Jesus Christ and what he said to us human beings and try to live up to that as men. That also means that if we do that, we become a very loving and caring and kind person. And a woman would like to have that to look up to. And of course, it's going to be much easier for a woman uh, to obey a man if he is loving and caring and kind to that woman. And he respect her opinions, of course. So it is not like uh, uh, subordination or a slave mind. It is actually a mind that makes us as human beings uh, closer to Jehovah God as a friend. Because friendship with Jehovah God means that we have to take into consideration everything that he says in the Bible, also what we might disagree with. Because Jehovah God always knows best what is best for us. That's why when we read the Bible and we clearly see that we might find it that 
because the opinions of the world is counterintuitive of what Jehovah God wants us to do. Because if we simply just toss the Bible away and say no to it, then we see a society filled with people who might look loving and caring and kind, but if you scratch the surface, you find out that the moral standard of the world is very poor, and it creates a lot of jealousy. It creates a lot of bad human emotions, and of course that creates also a mindset of lying and deceiving and cheating each other. And of course, this mindset we have to stay clear of. That's why I say all the time, when you read the Bible, you have to really know where Jehovah is coming from, because he wants to protect us from anything bad that can happen to us. He's not doing it because he wants us to um, feel that we are under a straitjacket. He wants us to feel that we are safe in the worshipping of him when we do what we know deep inside uh, to do when we start reading the Bible. Because, of course, it is not going to come like just uh, overnight, but when you start reading the Bible and start closing your eyes and praying to Jehovah God in the name of Jesus Christ, you're going to start a journey that could end up with you and me. When we die, we all get a resurrection. But what kind of resurrection are we going to receive? Because if we have a close and dear relationship with Jehovah God when we die, we're also going to have a close and dear relationship with Jehovah God when we get a resurrection. But it's also true the opposite, that we, if we refuse to obey him and say no to his guidance, we are going to receive a resurrection, that's true, but we are going to stand much further away from Jehovah God. That's why it's important right now that we start a friendship with Jehovah God. And we can start by, of course, reading the Bible, but in particularly, and I will highly suggest this, of course, that the first one you have to read is, of course, uh, the most famous of them all, The Servant of the Mount, uh, Matthew number, uh, uh, the fifth chapter, of course, where it stays here. When he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain and... After he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and began teaching them, saying, Happy are those conscious of their spiritual needs, since the kingdom of the heavens belongs to them. Happy are those who mourn, since they will be comfort. Happy are the mild-tempered, since they will inherit the earth. Happy are those hungering and thirsting for righteousness, since they will be filled. Happy are the merciful, since they will be shown mercy. Happy are the pure in heart, since they will see God. Happy are the peacemakers, since they will be called sons of God. Happy are those who have been persecuted for righteousness' sakes, since the kingdoms of the heavens belong to them. 
Happy are you when people reproach you and persecute you and lyingly say every sort of wicked thing against you for my sake. Rejoice and be overjoyed, since your reward is great in the heavens. For in that way they persecuted the prophets prior to you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its strength, how will its saltiness be restored? It is no longer usable for anything except to be thrown outside to be trampled up on by men. You are the light of the world. A city cannot be hid when located on a mountain. People's, people light a lamp and set it not under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it shines on all those in the house. Likewise, let your light shine before men, so that they may see your fine works and give glory to your Father who is in the heavens. Do not think I came to be to destroy the law of the, or the prophets. I came not to destroy, but to fulfill. Truly I say to you, that sooner would heavens and earth pass away than for one stroke of a letter to pass away from the law until all things take place. Whoever therefore breaks one of these last, uh, sorry, least commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in relations to the kingdoms of the heavens. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in relations to the kingdoms of the heavens. For I say to you that if your righteousness does not surpass that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by, by no means enter into the kingdoms of the heavens. You heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you must not murder, but whoever commits a murder will be accountable to the court of justice. However, I say to you that everyone who continues wrathfully with his brother will be accountable to the court of justice, and whoever addresses his brother with an unspeakable word of contempt will be accountable to the supreme court, whereas whoever says, you despicable fool, will be liable to the fiery Gehenna. If then you are bringing your gifts to the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar and go away. First make your peace with your brother, and then come back and offer your gift. Be quick to settle matters with your legal opponent while you are with him on the way there, so that somehow the opponent may not turn you over to the judge and the judge to the court attendants, and you get thrown into prison. I say to you for a fact, you will certainly not come out of there until you have paid over your last small coin. You heard that it was said, you must not commit adultery, But I say to you that everyone who keeps on looking at a woman uh, so as to have a passion for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If now your right eye is making you stumble, tear it out and throw it away from you, for it is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be pitched into Gehenna. Also, if your right hand is making you stumble, Cut it off and throw it away from you, for it is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to land in Gehenna. 
Moreover, it was said, Whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. However, I say to you that everyone divorcing his wife except on account of sexual immorality makes her a subject for adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again you heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You must not swear without performing, but you must pay your vows to Jehovah. However, I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heavens, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Do not swear by your head, since you cannot turn one hair white or black. Just let your word yes mean yes, your no no, for what goes beyond these is from the wicked one. You heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. However, I say to you, do not resist the one who is wicked. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the others also to him. If a person wants to take you to court and get possessions of your inner garment, let him also have your outer garment. And if someone in authority compels you into serving service him for a mile, Go with him two miles. Give to the one asking you, and do not turn away from one, the one who wants to borrow from you. You heard that it was said, You must love your neighbor and hate your enemy. However, I say to you, continue to love your enemies and to pray for those who persecute you so that you may prove yourself sons of your Father who is in the heavens, since he makes his son rise on both the wicked and the good, and makes it rain on both the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those loving you, what reward do you have? Are not also the tax collectors doing the same thing? And if you greet your brothers only, what extraordinary thing are you doing? Are not also the people of the nations doing the same thing? You must accordingly be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Chapter number 6 Take care not to practice your righteousness in front of men, to be noticed by them. Otherwise you will have no reward with your Father who is in the heavens. So when you make gifts of mercy, do not blow a trumpet ahead of you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be glorified by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when making gifts of mercy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your gifts of mercy may be in secret. Then your Father who looks on in secret will repay you. Also when you pray, do not act like the hypocrites, for they like to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the main street to be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your private room, and after shutting your door, pray to your Father who is in secret. Then your Father who looks on in secret will repay you. When praying, do not say the same thing over and over again as the people of the nations do, for they imagine they will get a hearing for their use of many words. So do not be like them, 
or your father knows what you need even before you ask him. You must pray then this way. Our Father in the heavens, let your name be sanctified. Let your kingdom come. Let your will take place as in heavens also on earth. Give us today our bread for this day. And forgive us our debt as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the wicked one. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Whereas if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. When you fast, stop becoming sad-faced like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so they may appear to men to be fasting. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when fasting, put oil on your head and wash your face so that you may not appear to be fasting to men, but only to your Father who is in secret. Then your Father who looks on in secret will repay you. Stop storing up for yourself treasures on the earth, where moth and rust consumes, and where thieves break in and steal. Rather, store up for yourself treasures in heavens, in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasures is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If then your eye is focused, your whole body will be bright. But if your eye is envious, your whole body will be dark. If the light that is in you is really darkness, how great that darkness is. No one can slave for two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will stick to the one and despise the other. You cannot slave for God, and for riches. On this account I say to you, stop being anxious about your lives as to what you will eat or what you will drink or about your bodies as to what you will wear. Does not life mean more than food and the body than clothing? Observe intensely the birds of the heavens. They do not sow seeds or reap or gather into storehouses, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth more than they are? Who of you, by being anxious, can add one cubic to his lifespan? Also, who are you anxious about clothing, or why are you anxious about clothing? Take a lesson from the lilies of the field, how they grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. But I tell you that not even Solomon in all his glory was arid as one of these. Now, if this is how God clothed the vegetations of the field that is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much rather clothe you, you with little faith? So never be anxious and say, what are we to eat, or what are we to drink, or what are we to wear? For all these are the things the nations are eagerly pursuing. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Keep on then seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. So never be anxious about the next day, 
but next day will have its own anxieties. Each day has enough of its own troubles. Number seven. Stop judging that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you are judging, you will be judged. And with the measure that you are measuring out, they will measure out to you. Why then do you look at the straw in your brother's eye, but do not notice the rafter in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Allow me to remove this straw from your eye, when look, a rafter is in your own eye? Hypocrites, first remove the rafter from your own eye, and then you will see clearly how to remove the straw from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to dogs, nor throw your pearls before swine, so that they may never trample them under their feet and turn around and rip you open. Keep on asking, and it will be given you. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and it will be opened to you. For everyone asking receives, and everyone seeking finds, and to everyone knocking it will be opened. Indeed, which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will hand him a stone? Nor if he asks for fish, he will not hand him, or he will hand him, not hand him a serpent, will he? Therefore, if you, although being wicked, therefore if you, although being wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more so will your Father who is in the heavens give good things to those asking him? All things, therefore, that you want men to do to you, you also must do to them. This is the fact. This, in fact, is what the law and the prophets mean. Go in through the narrow gate, because broad is the gate and spacious is the road leading off into destruction and many are going in through it, whereas narrow is the gate and cramped the road leading off into life, and few are finding it. Be on the watch for the false prophet who comes to you in sheep covering, but inside they are ravaging wolves. By their fruits you will recognize them. Never do people gather grapes from thorns or figs from thistles, do they? Likewise, every good tree produces fine fruit, but every rotten tree produces worthless fruit. A good tree cannot bear worthless fruit, nor can a rotten tree produce fine fruit. Every tree not producing fine fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Really then, by their fruits, you will recognize those men. Not everyone saying to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdoms of the heavens, but only the ones doing the will of my Father who is in the heavens will. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and expel demons in your name, and perform many powerful works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never know you. Get away from me, you workers of lawlessness. Therefore, everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does them will be like a discreet man who built his house on the rock and the rain poured down and the flood came and the winds blew and lashed against that house but it did not cave in for it had been founded on the rock 
Furthermore, everyone hearing these sayings of mine and not doing them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain poured down, and the flood came, and the winds blew and struck against that house, and it caved in, and its collapse was great. When Jesus finished these sayings, the effect was that the crowd were astonished at his way of teaching, for he was teaching them as a person having authority and not as the scribes. So, can we learn something from Jesus? Yes, of course we can. But we have to implement it ourselves. We have to allow these words to enter into our mind, our heart, our soul, and allow us to love Jehovah God with our whole heart, soul, and power, and our neighbor as ourselves. But it's up to us, of course. I cannot do it for you, and you cannot do it for me. We have to allow God's word to enter into our life, and by doing so, I will guarantee you that it is not going to be in vain. Because a close and dear relationship with Jehovah God is the most important thing that you can have in this life and in the next one when we die and get a resurrection. So, I hope you love each other and are very kind to each other. This is Kenneth Anderson signing off. It's the 27th of August, 2022. The time is 22.01 and it is uh, Saturday. Bye.